Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Cycling with Watts podcast. I'm your host, Jared Watts, and I thank you so much for tuning in today, especially if this is your first time listening to the podcast. And the Cycling with Watts podcast is dedicated to all things cycling. I want to see you get out on your bike more. I want to inspire you to just turn those pedals more and more and more and more and get out on that saddle, you know, whether that's indoors or outdoors, especially with winter coming up. But thank you so much for tuning in. We got an absolute packed show today. I'm really excited uh, for the things that we have in the show and something coming at the end of the show. So you are in for a treat. And so I'm going to hit that orchestra music and play us into the show. Yeah, so that orchestra music plays us into every single show, and this is episode 18. My name is Jared Watts. If you've never heard the podcast before, a little bit about who I am. I am a bike mechanic during the day working for VeloFix, and I'm a connoisseur of bikes. I've been biking almost my entire life. I prefer the road, do a little bit of mountain biking, do a little bit of fat tire biking. I live in Minnesota, so I got snow to do it. You know, fixed gear biking, haven't made it out onto the track ever, and uh, yeah, do some gravel riding, stuff like that. Road is my main focus, and basically I just have this podcast because I love cycling and I want to share it with you. So before we get into pro news, that is on Tuesdays. This will be dropping on Tuesday, November 13th, and before we get into that pro news, give a little bit of a you know personal update, what's going on in the world of Jared Watts. Well... My world right now, I am straight batching it at the house. Wife is away in Bismarck, North Dakota for work. So I am batching it with my cat, Merckx, named after the great Eddie Merckx. It is a girl though, but still, it fits her very well. So yeah, I'm straight batching it, you know, getting a little bit crazier when I'm riding on the bike on Zwift, you know, going ham with the protein afterwards, just pounding it like it's nobody's business. Just kidding, I'm not doing that. But I am straight batching it this week, so that is exciting and boring at the exact same time, if you know what I mean. Also, launched email in the last podcast. That email is cyclingwithwatts at gmail.com. Please email me your questions, email me your thoughts about the show, things that you want to topics you want to have on the show, topics you don't want to have on the show, literally anything. Just send me an email and I would love to respond back to you. I got some questions this week through Instagram, which was great. That is at Cycling with Watts. You can send me questions through direct message there if you want to get them answered. Really, whatever it is, if it's about cycling, I definitely want to hear it. Even if it's not about cycling, I still want to hear about it. So yes, send me an email, cyclingwithwatts at gmail. Also, I have a website up, cyclingwithwatts.com. You can check out that page to, uh, for all the visuals after the show. This is a podcast, so I can talk about it all, but then that will have all of the visuals, pictures. I'll reference that throughout the podcast. And I'm super, 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 super excited. I'm going to talk about this more at the end of the podcast, so you will have to stick around, but I have an amazing interview coming on Friday. So I will re- we'll reveal whose name that is at the end of the podcast. Super big in the cycling world, though. Super excited to have him on the show. That will release on Friday, and I will reveal his name at the end of the show. Also, I set a new FTP over the weekend. 
So I did it in a Zwift race where I thought I was going to die. I'm, <laughs> it was, uh, I just felt like my heart was going to jump straight out of my chest. But at the end of it, I didn't win the race, but I, uh, you know, set a new FTP. So still kind of win. I'll take it. I'll take it. So uh, with that, with that racing news of my own life, I'm going to jump into pro news. So as you know, it's winter, the off season for cycling. Not a ton is going on, but we do got some really interesting things going on in the world of pro news. And I have to say that because this is a podcast about pro news, so I got to make it sound interesting. But I actually do find this stuff really interesting, so I hope you do too. So first off, Nairo Quintana. Nairo Quintana rides for Movistar. He's always highly touted when it comes to the Grand Tours, and well, he should be. He's been up on the on the podium. He's an amazing climber out of Colombia. He should always be touted, but I feel like the past couple years, he's fallen short of where people expected him to be at, and he just hasn't, I don't know, amassed to all that we thought he was going to. But he still has time. Of course, he still has has time in riding with Movistar. He's got Alejandro Valverde, and he's got Mikel Landa, which Mikel Landa and Nairo, Con- Nairo Quintana were just confirmed by Movistar for the tour next year, so that part is exciting. But Nairo Quintana is going to switch trainers, and basically he's doing this because he wants to crack that top step at the tour. So his previous coach was Mike Zabala, and that was his coach at Movistar, but he will be switching to Max Skiandri, and he's coming over from BMC Racing, where he has been there for the past eight seasons. So I am excited about this because I want to see Quintana live up to everything that uh, we've kind of been told that he was, and he's an amazing, an amazing climber, and I want to see him challenge the likes of Chris Froome, Tom DeMoulin, and, and some of those super super amazing climbers I, I want to watch that garen thomas and so i hope he's up there competing with them i hope I, I don't know who the leader will be you know last year mikhail landa and nairo quintana either one i guess necessarily kind of stepped up as the leader and they went in with like a three-headed attack with quintana alejandro valverde and landa but you know we'll see i think quintana is probably the best overall bet at this point and this being November, you know, way before the tour. But I'm excited, and I hope that switch and trainers can really make a difference. You know, you see this in a bunch of other sports where an athlete will do really well under one coach, one organization, and they move to another coach, another organization, and they just don't flourish the same. And you always kind of wonder, what are the intangibles that that coach had to pull the best out of that athlete? So we'll see if Max Skiandri can pull the best out of Nairo Quintana and put him on that top step of the podium. So switching over to Nairo Quintana's competitor, Chris Froome, who rides for Team Sky. And if you've never listened to the podcast, I love Team Sky. I'm on the Team Sky bandwagon. They definitely got me like on the bandwagon back into my excitement for pro cycling so yes i love team sky and uh love chris Froome. so i don't love this story but i have to share it anyways so a former sky doctor is under investigation for some kind of doping scandal so richard freeman 
he was a Sky Doctor, mainly under the Bradley Wiggins era, and that is kind of what he is coming under scrutiny for. And so he will be facing the General Medical Council in a tribunal soon to receive some form of punishment, whether that's a, a ban from this council, whether that's a, sus- a suspension. He is going to receive some kind of punishment with his involvement with the Jiffy Bag scandal back in, I believe, 2011, where the controversy was that he brought testosterone patches to this guy facilities. Basically, everybody involved with that has denied that there was testosterone patches that were supposed to be delivered to Sky Riders. They've all kind of have the story around, well, they weren't actually for Sky Riders and they weren't ever supposed to be there. Who really knows what happened? It happened a while ago, and this guy is now under question. I really think the media picks up on a lot of these stories and wants to tear down Sky. Maybe not just the media, but uh, you know, people want to tear down Sky because they are the best. They are at the top. That is very true across all walks of life and all sports across really across the world. When somebody's at the top, top, top level, there's always controversy on whether or not they're doing it correctly. Take the New England Patriots, for example. There is always speculation whether or not Brady and Belichick are cheating, deflate gate, if you know what I'm talking about. So I think when you get to that top level, it is some sort of flattery that you are always under scrutiny, but then it really sucks that you're always under scrutiny. So whatever, Richard Freeman, he'll be facing the General Medical Council. We'll see what comes out of that. And I really hope this doesn't taint uh, the name of Bradley Wiggins. If, if more stuff comes out than is linked to Bradley Wiggins, I hope that doesn't is not the case. But we will see after he faces the General Medical Council, which this all sounds like gloom and doom. But it doesn't sound that bad meeting with the General Medical Council. I'm sure it's not how he actually wants to meet with them, but the name just is not very scary. So that part's at least kind of nice if you want to find that silver lining. So, all right, something that is exciting. You know, I talked in a lot of the previous podcasts, you know, the early podcast, you know, episode like four, you know, we're so far beyond episode four here at 18. But a lot of teams were shutting down. A lot of American teams, especially with uh, you know UH UHC being that top American team, to lose funding. And we've just seen a lot of teams this year lose funding. And one team that was really close to defaulting was uh, George Hincapie's team. And that had I'm I'm going to butcher these names because they are tough tough names just prepare yourselves for that but the previous sponsors were Hawesco Partners and Citadel Financial that was their two top sponsors they pulled out in about August and Hincapie's team was left with you know nothing scrambling for getting funding for next year but they got funding. They secured funding. So that's awesome. They will be racing in 2019 with the title sponsor. Again, I am going to butcher this name. Arapaho 
Arapaho. Arapaho Resources. Arapaho Resources. And I can say this one, BMC will be their bike sponsor and part of the title sponsor. So congrats to George Hincapie's team, and they will be riding in the continental level next year in 2019 because they have funding. That is awesome. You know, it was really sad to see a lot of these teams drop out and where we don't have a strong American presence in cycling, you have rally cycling who is still around and thriving. You know, they're, they're probably going to step into that top American team. Uh, EF education first is definitely focused. It has more and more American riders, which is cool to see. So I, uh, I hope the best for George Hincapie's team. I hope they can extend longer than 2019 and keep that going. I really like uh, George Hincapie as a person. And if you don't listen to Lance Armstrong's podcast, The Move, you should also check that out. He usually does that for race recaps. So, like, especially during the Tour de France, it'll be Lance Armstrong, George Hincapie on there, just, you know, sometimes duking it out, which is awesome. Uh, So I really, really enjoyed Hincapie's uh, perspective on cycling get to know his character a little bit better so i'm really pulling for that team to do well in 2019 also another kind of low level cycling team that is making some big waves is the israeli cycling academy now they started in the giro last year and that was a huge thing for them because the giro started in israel so they added tom van osbrook from EF Education First. He is 28-year-old. They put him on the squad, and he's going to help out in the classic seasons. That's kind of what he is suited for. But they brought on a bunch of guys from the world tour level onto this Israeli Cycling Academy team. And they've really kind of you know, been putting themselves on the map and growing bigger and bigger. So I'm really excited to see how that team grows from getting a wild card bid into the Giro to, you know, now adding some world tour guys and bolstering that roster. They've also picked up Davide Simolai from Groupama FTJ, Rudy Barbier from AG2R Le Monde, Matthias Brandel from Trek Segafredo. And apologies if anybody knows how to pronounce those names and I butchered it. That is a theme on this show. I really do want to pronounce people's names correctly, especially when I meet somebody in person. I want to make sure I can get their name correct. Unfortunately, when I'm just reading it off the internet and I've never heard an announcer say it, I am more than likely going to butcher it. So please do not use this podcast as the end-all be-all for how to pronounce names. So if you walk away from anything after listening to this podcast, I am not the end-all be-all for how to pronounce names. So yes, Israeli Cycling Academy doing big things, adding big people. So good luck to them in the 2019 season as they bolster that roster. Also, AG2R will be teaming up with Eddie Merck's bikes last year. Last year, next year. I don't know why I said last year. Last year they rode Factor Bikes, and I really, really like the look of Factor Bikes, the Factor 1. Beautiful looking bike, but I also do like Eddie Merck's bikes. It is the first brand of bike I bought my wife. I bought that for my wife, and about a week later I got a cat. Therefore, that's why the cat's name is Merck's, and because of Eddie Merck's himself. But it was kind of the whole bike thing, so I kind of have an affinity for... Eddie Merck's bikes, and we haven't seen them on the world tour level for a while. And so AG2R is going to be riding those bikes and up on the website, cyclingwithwads.com. I got a picture of 
a rider sitting next to his new beautiful Eddie Merck's bike. And I think it's it's a very well done. I always thought the factor bikes had a very clean aesthetic to them, especially in the paint job. They didn't try to do too much with it. Said factor very nicely, had the AG2R colors on it. And I think the Merck's bikes does that uh does that really clean as well. You know, it's definitely got some more curves to the bike that give it a different aesthetic. I really like some of the straight lines on bikes like BMC and on Factor, just kind of like a classic steel looking bike is what some of those bikes resemble. I like those just clean cut lines, but the Eddie Merckx has a nice curve on it as well. And I really like the paint scheme. It's very, uh, it's almost all matte black with Eddie Merckx and kind of some retro style letters, which is some blue and white stripes at the kind of front of that top tube top of that down tube as well but it's a really nice clean aesthetic i think it's going to look really good with their kit i hope they do a couple different things i know roman bardet has rode a couple different paint schemes as compared to what the other team or what the other riders are riding whether that be all white whether it be silver he's kind of done some special things there so i'm excited to see how he changes that color scheme as well if he does a different color scheme as compared to the rest of the team but check that out cyclingwithwatts.com so now we are getting to the close of pro news and heading over into tech news but before we do we have sagan watch This week for Sagan Watch, we got Sagan being Sagan. It's beautiful. I love it when Sagan is Sagan, and that usually means Sagan doing a a wheelie because he is pretty freaking amazing at doing wheelies. So we have a picture of him at a team camp a couple weeks ago where they were doing some mountain biking. He's also in regular human clothes? Question mark? Because that's always different when you see a cyclist in plain you know, regular people clothes, especially, you know, the god that is Sagan. So he's in, uh, yes, regular people clothes, but still busting out a super sick wheelie. So that was beautiful to see. And then also he debuted his Slovakian national champion kit uh, this past week where he was at the Sagan Fondo. He has his own Fondo, which he should. He deserves that in Windsor, California. So he debuted his latest and greatest kit. It looks very nice, very clean. Really not too different from his world championship kit. He's only missing like two colors on the chest. But anyways, first time that we've seen that. First time we've seen him in a different kit in three years. He's been a three-time world champion. So first time that we are seeing him in a different kit. Still looks beautiful. Also really cool that uh, I think Sagan does a really good job you know, playing up his sponsors and doing what his sponsors need him to do. He's done some really funny ads in the past. I think he recently did a, a shower one with Bora Hansgrohe where he's like taking a shower and then they released a special edition shower head with Sagan on it. That was freaking awesome. But Specialized 100% and Osmo Nutrition are all based in California. So I think that it's cool. He's doing a Fondo in California where a lot of his big sponsors are. So that is Sagan Watch for this week. All right, tech news 
is up after Sagan Watch. And I think I got a lot to lot to talk about. We got some stuff coming over from the Taipei Bike Show. If you don't follow Global Cycling Network, they are on YouTube. They put out some absolutely incredible videos. They really helped me, you know, get my bearings when I was first getting like really hardcore into cycling. I still watch their videos all the time. They have a lot of great updates. So that's Global Cycling Network, GCN. I got a link on the Cycling with Watts website. But this is from the Taipei Bike Show. They go a little bit more in depth on all this stuff. I have pictures on the website as well. But just a couple things that I thought were really cool coming out of there. And yes, they are a lot made out of carbon. But that's okay because it's some cool new carbon tech. And so this isn't necessarily brand new, but DigiRit has a carbon chain ring which you know just looks pretty sweet you're definitely going to pick up some weight advantages as well but the the biggest takeaway from it is actually the stiffness of it and a lot of track riders prefer it because of how stiff it is and how much power you can put through it because you you can break those things chain rings and cassettes and chains and stuff like that and so this chain ring is super stiff and you know allows for that power transfer to be as best as possible so that is pretty cool it it just looks really cool on a bike too a carbon chain ring and so something else that is carbon is uh carbon fiber disc brake rotors are now a thing they're not like a massive thing but they're a thing and they come in uh they come in at like 42 grams for a rotor and i'm been told that's like 100 grams less than a dura ace brake rotor i mean 100 grams is a lot that's massive especially when you're just talking about a brake rotor now there's no price tag on this don't know how much it's going to cost but supposedly it doesn't deform as easily as an alloy rotor which if you if you have disc brakes disc brakes are amazing but definitely on lower end disc brakes those rotors can bend so easily i i build a lot of new bikes and deliver them and you know work on countless numbers of bikes and definitely the higher end disc brake rotors that I see don't tend to be deformed after a lot of riding they can be slightly deformed and really any deformity in it you know those brake pads being so close to that rotor and having such you know low tolerance you can get a lot of rubbing on that disc brake and then you have to bend it out or you know put in a new rotor or something like that and so if a carbon fiber brake rotor doesn't deform as easily i think that is really cool from a mechanic standpoint because i've sometimes spent some a lot of minutes so you know i won't say how many but a lot of time bending those things out and getting it right because they can just be so wonky and truing those up so i think that would be really cool also i guess carbon fiber is supposed to help with the heat dissipation because if you do hold those brakes too long like say going downhill they can burn up and that is not good so it helps with heat dissipation my biggest question which wasn't answered is with disc brakes now when they get wet they have a high pitch squeal noise but that's that's fine it goes away but you can contaminate those disc brake pads especially if you like touch it with your finger or get some kind of foreign oil on it or something like that you can you can contaminate those pads and it's when it gets on the rotor so i don't know if carbon fiber is going to deal with that differently if it's still going to contaminate those pads 
but maybe if those pads get contaminated, it won't squeak. So uh, if it doesn't, I think that would be a massive innovation and really, really big for the customer because most customers don't know that you can't touch disc brake rotors and that's totally fine because it's not like super commonly known. They usually put a little sticker on there, but unless you've talked with your bike mechanic, whether you've done the research, you're just not going to know that that's a thing. So I, I think that'd be really cool for the customer if that's, like I said, don't know if that's a thing or not, but I think that would be really cool. Also, don't know how solid the braking in. It wasn't tested or anything like that. Um, you know, if you have carbon wheels and you have carbon brake pads for rim caliper, rim caliper brakes, not as great of stopping power as alloy. Now, that usually has to do with the rim because of the braking surface on the rim. But I uh, don't know if that's going to translate into the same with disc brake rotors that are made out of carbon fiber. I guess we will wait and see to see if that uh, you know comes to fruition and makes it onto the regular market. So something that is super sick and I always love in cycling because you see it in a lot of other sports is customization. And Fuji now has custom painted bikes. And they're pretty freaking sweet especially they have this like chrome rainbow paint which you can see on the website cyclingwithwatts.com i'm gonna plug that as much as possible but go check it out like take you one minute to scroll through all of the pictures and you get to see the fuji custom painted bike with like this sparkly silver chrome it's not chrome but it's like a, a rainbow sparkle over a shiny silver paint like base it's super sweet, but it's also linked to Fuji's website, so you can go custom paint your own bike if you want. Just go check it out. But that's really cool. Nike ID kind of made this super popular in the U.S., and I love that other brands are picking it up. Now, on the flip side, I think it's kind of stupid because it's also very expensive. I think it's – I don't know how that whole process works from a supplier standpoint. I just feel like that would be – pretty expensive but you're also paying a lot for a bike so i think people are willing to pay that much more for a custom painted bike so i, I hope that fuji can make this uh, work for the the long run and not just a short run publicity stunt but i think it's really cool that you have the power to customize your your own bike and feel like the pro i think that's one thing that i love about cycling is every time i'm out on the bike out on the road i can feel like a pro because I, you know, in theory, I could be riding the same roads that they could be riding in a race. I can feel like Chris Froome climbing mountain one, two. I can feel like Mark Cavendish sprinting to the line. And then this is another way to feel like the pro. Like I have my own custom painted bike, how I wanted it. You know, that's something really only the pros get. So kudos to Fuji on doing that. Now on power meters, power meters are you know, making a massive transition over the past 10 years or whatever, coming from the hub of a wheel now on to most of them are crank-based, either like, you know, a small thing on your crank, and that is your power meter now, which is super cool. But Aerofly is a new power meter, and it goes, it's a valve cap. It's basically a valve cap that goes on your rear wheel, and that that's your power meter. It also has like a main brain sensor unit that goes somewhere else on your bike. But the power meter is a valve cap and that is crazy small. Also, it's a lot cheaper. I think it's under $300, something like that. So definitely pretty cheap. Don't know the accuracy of it. We got a picture up on the website as uh, 
well. So something that I am very excited for. I don't have my hands on it. Don't have all of the details. I got a link to a, a video from GCN who did a full in-depth video on this. But Continental has a new Grand Prix 5,000 tire. Now I love the Grand Prix 4,000 tires. We sell Continental in our mobile shop. We sell the Gator skins kind of all the time and we sell GP4000s to anybody who is performance based GP4000. Now if they're going to go race specific you know offer them something else but for the most part GP4000s cover so much. I love that tire. It is a fantastic tire. It wears well. It's performance. It does well cornering. It does well from puncture protection. It's a great all-around tire and Continental just upgraded it with the GP5000. So supposed to be lighter it's supposed to have better rolling resistance better puncture protection the thing that i thought was really cool it's got like 320 tpi in it though which makes it a super supple tire and that's something i haven't seen from gp i think that's something that you see a lot on specialized tires and so i'm really excited to try these out i'm not able to get my hands on them yet but i'm hoping that i can share that in a later podcast when i get my hands on those GP 5000s. I'm taking a trip to California in a couple weeks. I hope I can have them by then. If not, I'll definitely have to wait a little bit until weather gets a little bit nicer here in Minnesota because right now I am just on that indoor training grind, which is still fun though. Still fun. So GP 5000, brand new tire from Continental. And so to round out tech news, we have a fully customizable helmet. So we had a customizable bike. Now we have a customizable helmet, and it's customized to the size of your head, of course. And it's called Hexo. It's a 3D printed bike helmet. Now, if you don't follow Francis Cade on YouTube, he was actually at the Ruler show where these people had a booth, and they did a full scan on one of his buddies. So Francis Cade, check him out on YouTube. He does some great videos as well. He is over in London. But this helmet looks pretty freaking sweet. It is a 3D printed helmet from Polyamide 11, which is used in the aerospace industry. And I just randomly knew that fact that it was used in the aerospace industry. I didn't. But they use that Polyamide 11 for custom measurements. So they're really able to you know, measure your entire head and put that into a helmet. And how do they measure that head? Well, I saw them like walking around with an iPad with some kind of system on there that takes this 3D scan of your head and then makes a helmet to fit it perfectly. And so another big selling point of the helmet is that it's, and I don't fully have a grasp on everything that they're saying with this, but I kind of understand the concept, so I hope I can relay it to you. So it's supposed to have better impact protection. I guess right now helmets are tested and designed impact protection wise for hitting a flat surface and that's what they do in testing whereas this helmet was designed using a curved surface and that's supposed to mimic more crashes out in the real world so it's supposed to be safer and better impact resistant I, I don't know if that is true or not I guess I have, I have not paid that much attention in how you know helmets are tested 
but I'm all for safer helmets. That is really cool. Actually, the coolest part about this helmet, though, is another piece of customization, is that it comes with three different color shells. Three different color shells. Now, if you are like me and like to match your helmet to your kit, which I do, but then I am limited in my options because if I'm going to spend $250 on a helmet, I kind of want it to match everything. Like my Cast Protone helmet is all black. I really like the matte black, but I also wish sometimes I could have maybe a touch of pink in there to match some of my Rafa kits. Maybe ooh, a touch of red for my Velofix kit. So this helmet comes with three shells. So you could have black, red, and white. I don't know. You can have whatever you want. Three different shells. That's really cool. Instead of buying three helmets, three different colors, you just buy one, and you can make it three different colors. Now, if that absolutely doesn't matter to you, if you don't care about matching your helmet to your kit, then that probably isn't that cool. But I think that is super, super cool. Now, this is very expensive, 349 pounds for a helmet that's like over $400 but again you can kind of justify it if it is taking the place of three different helmets so you got that but yeah 3d printed helmet so that rounds out tech news now for the big news that I want to share with you so I got an interview coming out on Friday with Zach Morris now if you don't know who Zach Morris is, go check him out on Instagram right now. Zach Morris, he is a YouTuber. He owns his own wheel company. He has a couple different Instagram pages, one focused on pro cycling. He's been a pro cyclist himself. He's been super into the fitness field, and he's making a comeback now into cycling, and the dude is just inspired inspiring. I mean, he, he was one of my inspirations for creating this podcast. He just has a heart to create and a heart to see people, you know, become better and better with their passions and mainly helping them with his own passions, whether that be cycling or digital brand stuff. You know, he, he's been very inspiring on his social pages. And so I have a full interview with him. I think it's about an hour long, but that is coming out on Friday, just going through his full kind of life story and where cycling has taken. I mean, cycling has taken him all across the world. And actually, um, as this podcast comes out, he will be going down to Mexico for a stage race this week. So again, you know, going, getting, getting to travel the world with his bike and being a, a bike ambassador. And so definitely check that podcast coming out on Friday. Super excited for that one. But this is the close to episode 18 of the Cycling with Watts podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Again, please get in contact with me. Check me out on Instagram. Actually, on Instagram, I got uh, for about the next, I don't know, month and a half or so, I'm showing you kind of everything that I own and that I love that I currently own. Kits, multi-tools, helmets, glasses, whatever that is. And I'm sitting in one of my favorite pink chairs that I have in my house. So I did a full photo shoot and putting that all up over the next month on Instagram. So go check that out. But you know, direct message me cycling with Watts. If you have any questions, whatever, any comments about the show, I just want to hear from all of you out there. I've had people from all the way from Ireland reach out and, and, and that's super cool. So you can also find me on 
email cycling with watts at gmail you know ask me questions about your current cycling situation give me feedback on the show give me topics that you want to hear you know what is some pro news you want to hear about what's some maintenance stuff you want to hear about some training stuff you want to hear about email me cycling with watts at gmail make sure to go check out the show page cycling with watts Dot com. You can see all the visuals for all of this. You can find me on Twitter as well, Cycling WTH Watts. That's Twitter, Cycling WTH Watts. But in the meantime, until Friday, my interview with Sack Morris, get out on the bike, enjoy the feeling of those pedals turning and turning and turning. I know I will be batching it here this week, going uh, going ham on the trainer. And uh, just having a nice, nice sweat fest indoors. So yes, get out, enjoy your bike. Thank you so much for listening. Adios.